Um, welcome, Brady Carlson, um, a pro, assistant pro at Candy Meadows Golf and Country Club in Calgary, Alberta. And today we are going to dive into how to approach your golf game, how to approach a tournament, and even how you approach your golf swing. So I'm going to start off by welcoming Brady Carlson and asking him his story on how he became a golf pro and his journey as he was a young youngster into teenage years into the adult he is today. Welcome, Brady Carlson. I had no idea he was an adult, actually, until right now. <laughs> Thanks, Jackie. Pleasure to be on. So tell us, like, what, what was your golf history like? Uh, truthfully, I, I was really, really fortunate. I mean, we grew up in a small town in Saskatchewan, and um, my parents were members of the golf course that we lived really close by. And, um, yeah, I had a membership when I was four years old. I even had a plastic set of clubs in the backyard when I was two. And I always got in trouble because I kept hitting the rubber golf balls over the fence. But, I mean, I'm still trying to hit over the fence, truthfully. But, no, I've, I've just been surrounded by the game my entire life. And um, as soon as I was not a junior or not eligible for a junior membership anymore, uh, that's when I started working at a golf course. And I wasn't exactly sure if I was going to kind of go the golf pro route, but obviously really enjoyed it and turned out to be okay at the game. So, um, yeah, I guess we're now approaching, which will be eight, eight years as a golf pro, almost going into the eighth year so. So would you say you always had a passion and a, and a direction? Did your parents influence that, or was it something, obviously they introduced you to the sport, but did, did you just always have this drive to become a golfer, to play golf? Totally. I think I just at a young age, I really liked how endless it always is. Like it's an unachievable goal in a sense where it doesn't really matter how good you get. If you get to a plus handicap, which means you're usually shooting under par, or you're just getting started and you're bogeying every hole. It just it never really stops, and so there's always something that kind of pops up with the game, whether it's something to improve on or a new you know, game to go play out on the golf course or format. And then you start talking about tournament play, and um, yeah, there's just endless options, and you always have to work on something. There's never, there's never something you can go, okay, perfect, I'm good at chipping now. I don't have to worry about that for another couple of years. That's not the case. Maybe a couple of weeks. But that's about it. So your university days, mm-hmm. where did where did you go to school? Did you play golf when you were in university? How What did that look like? I totally did, yeah. Um, no, I went to the PGM program down in um, Lethbridge at Lethbridge College. And um, truthfully, I kind of wanted to keep my options open. So I switched over to university at Lethbridge and uh, got a bachelor's in management. But uh, I was lucky enough to play on the golf team for both the college and the university. So, um, yeah, getting to know tournament golf at that level was definitely a bit of a um, not a struggle, but um, a really good experience, I would say. Uh, and it really just kind of taught me what I mentioned earlier, just on how endless it all is. And I always find that there's golf and then there's tournament golf. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a professionally sanctioned event or anything like that. But tournament golf could be any sort of pressure that you have if you're playing a fun game with your friends and there's money on the line or, or something. But the second you throw you know, more of the competition side or more of a competitive side to things and you you really do care about your results um that's a completely different bird in itself and so um yeah I just learned at a really young age that um it takes a long time like I really wish I I did more tournaments when I was you know nine ten years old just because it took me a long time and I'm still obviously working on it but um even just to kind of keep you know your most level head during golf in general helps and it it just comes out that much more in, in tournament play, that's for sure. Would you say that when you were growing up that you were one of the better golfers? Did you, 
I, I, I notice, like, I go up at Candy Meadows and I see a lot of the juniors and they are phenomenal. Um, and what is that like if, if you are a golfer that shows potential and shows talent? Um, is, is that harder? Do you have highs and lows? How do you stick with it? So if there was a junior listening now and maybe they were on the top of their game and they're struggling now, is there a tip before we get into how to approach the game? Mm. I mean, when I was really, really young, I seemed to grasp it easily enough, but I was really fortunate too in, in the fact that my parents had me in a bunch of different sports. So I was always in hockey and I played baseball and volleyball and basketball and all that stuff. So it probably helped me at a really young age that way. But um, I was pretty good when I was really young. And then as soon as I started to grow, things definitely changed quite a bit. And um, while I was definitely, I would say, average or maybe slightly above average as far as compared to the rest of the junior members um, at the nine-hole golf course in Cochrane that I kind of grew up playing. Um, but no, I wasn't at any point really the best. I, I, just, um, I just honestly put in a lot of work. Like I was about a seven or eight handicap, I think, when I was 19 years old. And um, short of some junior lessons when I was 10 to 13, I never really had any instruction. So that's probably a good sign, I suppose, that there's maybe some natural ability there. But I didn't get to a scratch or, or a plus handicap like I am now, um, you know, just by getting a couple of lessons. It honestly took me about two or three years, and I was just kind of on the cusp of making the, the golf team when I was down in Lethbridge. And so um, those two years that I put in, after high school or kind of my high school year and then I had a year off um, were very, very important. And I mean, there's no way that I would have gotten my card um, without that time. And because and I had at the time that I did get a coach and it was a coach too, right? I mean, everybody likes the honeymoon phase tip. And, you know, if you got a snips match or a big game or something tomorrow, those things can always help. But um, I saw one person for two years and um, yeah, I, I got down from about a seven or an eight handicap to about a four. And um, that's when the, the real work definitely started. And, uh, yeah, well, it's been a fun process, that's for sure. Well, I know that um, you have helped me, and I think it's noticeable on the course where um, I my approach to my swing was probably not where it should be. She's been hitting bombs to start the, <laughs> the 2021 season. There's no doubt about it. Bombs. No, but um, I really – I what you told me I really valued and it has stuck with me and I it was rushing so you really helped me identify you know how to slow it down and how to prepare to to to, to approach every shot so let's talk about that for um, people that maybe are struggling with the mental side of approaching their golf swing um, we'll talk about that in everyday golf mm-hmm I mean, I think it honestly even starts as, as soon as your pre-round habits. It's not like you have to have a pre-round routine where I show up 43 minutes before, I hit seven four irons and six wedges and blah, blah, blah. You don't necessarily need that, but what are your pre-round habits? And you want to try and keep them as consistent as possible. And um, one of the things I always kind of find I have to work on the most is driving into the parking lot on two wheels. My shoelaces are still untied. And I'm hitting my tee shot. And I just find even something like that, if I'm rushed getting to the course, I'm, I feel very rushed all day. So and once again, it's not a, you don't have to make a major change, but even how you get to the golf course, you want to make your, your day of golf as stress-free as possible. And it starts with, you know, your decision on even what outfit you might be wearing. Like I usually set my stuff out before a round of golf. That doesn't make me a golf nerd. Okay, maybe it does, but that's not the point. <laughs> Anytime you can make it as stress-free even before you tee off, because as we know, you know, the game of golf is very stressful at times for, for everybody. 
Um, anytime you can you know, lessen that stress a little bit and uh, even just give yourself, always give yourself, say, 20 minutes before you get to the course where you have enough time to check in. If you're a chatty Kathy, then you have that time to go and chat with some of your friends or have a beverage or do whatever. You don't have to have a very specific you know, routine or regimen, but you, you want to just make, sur- make sure sorry, that you, um, you just give yourself enough time. You're not rolling in already stressed because it's probably going to happen at some point on the golf course, right? So I'm at the golf course. I've, I've taken your advice. I'm, I'm calm. I didn't come, you know, come in hot. I am um, now going to the tee box. So let's talk about that. I would just kind of like to even just separate each, say, golf swing. You can kind of separate it into three separate um, kind of categories, and they don't have to be complex, but um, the first one would be your pre-shot routine. The second would be uh, over the golf ball or right about to hit routine, and I'll get into some more of these details in a second, and then a post-shot routine. And once again, it's the same, it goes along the same um, guidelines as I said, you know, for your start of the round, your pre-round habits. You could even consider it's a pre-shot habit. What are you doing um, in the five to ten seconds, hopefully it's not any longer than that, um, before you hit your shot? And it could be just as simple as making sure you have the right yardage. It could be as simple as making sure you've you know, made a good club choice if it's a 9-iron or an 8-iron. Are you paying attention to where you're aiming? Are you paying attention to the lie that's in front of you? There's a lot of things, the wind, there's a lot of things that we can't control in golf, but I'm pretty sure we can control the club we pull out of the bag and what we do before we hit the shot. For what it's worth, once my club hits the golf ball, it's kind of Jesus take the wheel. Like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen all the time. But um, the only time I, I really get frustrated is when I didn't do some of the things that um, I would usually do in a pre-shot routine perspective. And um, I just have to make sure that I get the yardage. And I prefer, say, the front edge of a green for the yardage. Am I paying attention to the wind? Am I paying attention to what kind of shot either maybe I want to, to hit? Or, for those that are a little bit newer, what is your normal flight? Do you know what I mean? Some people have shots that curve from left to right or right to left. I would just say that we just need to be conscious of those things, and and once we know those things, then you know the whole pre-shot routine or whatever you want to call it definitely becomes a little bit more effortless, and um, we don't have to worry so much about all these other negative things that could go down, because I'm just trying to make sure I pick the right club, um, my alignment's in, in good shape, and I'm paying attention to the the lie in the wind or something. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be a ton. I take two practice swings, I step behind the golf ball, I pick my target, I walk in and. and hopefully hit the shot. But. So what happens when you didn't have your stellar shot, you're, you have to compose yourself for the next shot? It's really hard for me not to reminisce about all the things that I did wrong. What are some tools that I can use to move on? I would say, I guess, before we, we kind of get into some of those tools, um, we all have to be very aware of the negativity bias. And that's something that's scientifically ingrained in our brains from a survival standpoint to remember negative more than positive. An example would be I'm cooking some delicious craft dinner and, and I burn my finger on the stove. Ouch, that hurt, that's bad. I'm going to probably remember that for a long time, or, or at least I'll, I'll make sure that I remind myself enough that I don't burn myself more than, you know, half a dozen times or something, you know what I mean? Um, and so we actually have to practice some decently specific things to um, go against the grain, I suppose, of the negativity bias. And it could be something as simple as um, being a little bit more 
uh, neutral about your shot. And so instead of saying like, oh, that was a terrible swing, I pulled away to the left, now I'm probably going to be in the bunker, what am I thinking? It's probably my grip, it could be these other 10 things, I don't know what it is. I would say it. it you can do certain things like um, some people actually count to five after they hit their shot, before they evaluate it, or when you are evaluating it, you're a little bit more neutral instead of critical. An example would be instead of, oh, that was a terrible swing, you could actually just say, okay, well, that golf ball went you know, a little bit shorter than, than I wanted it to. It seems to be about five yards left of the flag, and I'm probably going to be chipping from the rough. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you don't have to always go straight into being so critical about yourself and then trying to fix your own game all day long. That's probably the thing I struggle with the most. Um, I don't know if it has a lot to do with being you know, a teacher or a coach of the game, but um, having any swing thoughts for anybody, whether you're a, you know, maybe a better golfer like myself or just starting out, the less critical you can be, um, the better it is for your game. That's for sure. Um, so would you say that in a tournament, um, would you apply the same tools or, or, or do they differ? Not at all. In fact, they just become even more important, and, and that's kind of my main goal for the year. I have to have a, a post-shot routine. So after you hit your shot, some people will say, like, I'm, I'm going to take two deep breaths before I evaluate the shot. Or some people will go, all right, well, I'm only going to evaluate my pre-shot routine and not the actual shot that I just hit. An example would be instead of saying, yes, yeah, so that was a terrible swing. Why did you hit it in the water? That lake is massive. I always hit it in there. Oh, my gosh. Well, now instead you can say, okay, well, hold on. Before I even hit the shot, did I do the things that I was supposed to do in that did I get a correct yardage or did I just grab a club and fire away? Did you pay attention to the lie? So if you think that you made a bad shot, did you just not really pay attention to the fact that the golf ball is kind of buried in some longer grass? Or if you're into the wind, did you pay attention to that sort of thing? It, it, it all, for what it's worth, I feel like I make more bad decisions than more bad golf swings. And, and that's applicable for beginners as well. Um, I think the decision making and, and kind of what you can control is something that people don't control at all. They just kind of, as I said earlier, Jesus take the wheel, you know. So would you say that you were someone that... Um, journals as you go on the course or do you reflect after? I see a lot of pros, um, they do write things down as they're, they're golfing and um, I know that I, I've seen uh, some of the ladies that I golf with um, write things down. Is that a tool that you think is, is, is useful? I mean, I would say for sure, yeah, you, you always want to kind of know where your game is at, but I, w I wouldn't take any time during the game necessarily to write a few things down I kind of like to go I just I have a bunch of notes on my phone especially early in the season um, for instance like I just I played my first round of the year not too long ago and after my round I um, I, I came up with just a little kind of notepad or, or whatever of some things that I kind of want to work on and and then the next day what I try and do is I usually put too much on there so I kind of want to lessen that a little bit so I might look again the next day and be like okay no that's a I can deal with that part of my game later and that sort of thing. Um, for instance, the notes that I have after my first round are my driver. I just didn't feel very comfortable with my takeaway. I'm not really exactly sure what that is, but I'm, I would, my plan would be to hit the range and, and see if I can get a little bit more comfortable in the first 10% of the backswing. Um, and then it, for me, uh, some of the other notes that I have was um, my iron play. I couldn't hit any knockdown iron shots, or um, for those that might be a little bit newer, even just hit a lighter iron shot I couldn't take any yardage off and that's very frustrating because 
how many times in a round of golf do you have a perfect full yardage, right? If you know you hit your, your nine out of 100 yards and you have 95 and you can't necessarily do that, that, that does get quite frustrating. So I'm not really wanting to write that stuff down during the round because then for me, I'm, I'm a very tangible learner, I suppose. So if I write something down or put it down in my phone, then it's going to be even more ingrained. So if I write down that I got to work on iron play or something on hole seven, well, I don't know if my irons are going to be too sexy going forward. You know what I mean? One thing. I would say that um, your pre-shot routine, what you do before each and every shot, would be the most important thing that any golfer at any um, skill level um, needs to pay attention to. And, I mean, you can even just use – you watch any professional golf tournaments on TV – if you watch for a couple hours, watch every single one of those players, male or female, they all do the exact same thing every single time. And that could be just checking their takeaway. That could be a waggle. That could be two practice swings and not three. Whatever it is, you want to try and have yours something short. It doesn't have to be a half an hour long. But you really want to make sure that you have those two or three things that you check in on that are not swing thoughts, but you know, something a little bit more present, as I said, whether it's the yardage or the wind and the club choice and what your miss might be for that day. You know what I mean? If I tend to have my shots are pushing a little bit farther to the right, well, now since I'm doing my pre-shot routine every single time, I can still make some adjustments during the day. And I, I just want to be able to control the things that I can control. And, and for me, my biggest area would be um, the pre-shot routine. What are you doing before you hit the shot? Because some of the for, for what it's worth, that's about the only thing we can control at times with the game, with the game of golf. Do you do these when you're on the practice range? Do you do the same thing on the range, or do you, does that differ? Um, not necessarily, no. I think everybody's a little bit different that way. That one might come down to the learner themselves and, and the golfer themselves if they feel um, that, that that's something that they do need to do every single time for every shot on the driving range. Great, if that, if that helps you out, for sure. Um, for me, on the driving range, I just kind of like to warm up and, and see if I can find the center of the club face. And, and if I'm hitting it a little bit straighter, if I'm pushing it or pulling it, I kind of just take what I have that day. Do you know what I mean? It's a, we're out there for four hours or sometimes longer. And uh, it's just a really long time in the afternoon for us to be fixing our golf game when we've got driving ranges and, and golf professionals that can help us out with that sort of thing. Um, I would just control what you can control, and, and it, it's in that 10-second window before you hit your shot for the most part. Brady Carlson, thanks for being a guest on today's podcast. All good. Thanks, Jackie. I appreciate you having me on.